Welcome back to Relic Radio Thrillers. New episodes every Friday at relicradio.com. Don't forget while you're there, if you'd like to help support this and all of the Relic Radio podcasts, click on that donate button. Got some downloadable sets for certain donation amounts, so any amount is always appreciated and helpful. It's the only way these shows come to you every week. Thank you, as always, those who have helped out. This week, we're going to hear from Obsession, a CBS series that first aired from October of 1950 to May of 1952. 78 episodes were believed to have been produced. Our story today is from December 11th, 1950. It's titled, A Question of Personality. on the distaff and terror, yes, even a murderer of the earth. This is the story of a question of personality, starring Don DeFore. to break his story down into numbered chapters. However, that moment when he stood before his doctor, tense, nervous, waiting to be dismissed from a rest home after what the doctors called neurasthenia, a nervous breakdown. That was the moment when the first germ was conceived of obsession. Well, McPherson, so you're all packed and ready to go, huh? That's right, Doc. Bags packed and everything tidied up, including my nervous breakdown. <laughs> now, McPherson, remember we're not to think about that. We're all better now, huh? <laughs> we're all better. Doc, your technique's much better than the night nurses. <laughs> <laughs> well, from now on, no more detectives as patients. Oh, too much criticism. Well, Doc, I was going to recommend you to all my friends in the force when they had their breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, I reversed my decision. Well, Doc Keene, it's really been nice. Thank you, Matt. I, uh... I wondered if you'd thought of that thing that was bothering you. Oh, of that? Sorry, no luck. You know, I, I really wish you'd stay here a few more weeks. Well, considering the fees, Doc, I don't blame you. <laughs> well, haven't you heard that old adage, charge them enough and they're bound to think you're good? Wish the police force worked on that principle. You complaining about being a detective? Why, I thought you were the man who ate fingerprints for lunch. Yeah, and we just about get paid off in licorice buttons and shoelaces. <laughs> Well, if the bill is more than... No, no. I got the dough for it. But that ranch I've been wanting looks pretty far off. Yeah. You'll get it. Yeah, maybe. Another year in the force would do it, I guess. Remember your promise, McPherson. Oh, yeah. Detective work is out. But why? Because you broke down and had to come here when your wife died. Okay. Well, she's dead. A part of me died with her. 
But that's over. I'm better now. The rest of me has got to keep living. See, I'm a detective. It's it's all I've got. McPherson, detective work is out. But why? Because of that vague feeling you still have. That, that feeling of having done something wrong. <laughs> the psychiatrist speaks. That's what I get for spilling my dreams on that couch of yours. <laughs> that's what you get for being a great detective. Well, should I be modest and say nothing or tell you I don't know what the devil you're talking about? All right, McPherson. Why do you think you're a great detective? I outthink him. Any of those two-bit crooks. What do you mean, outthink? Outthink? How? I outthink him. It's simple. I put myself in their place and figure out what any criminal would do. Uh, even a criminal like Lagrosso? How do you know about him? Well, the couch is my detective. And the couch in your dreams. I've learned a lot about him. Like to hear it? Well, so what if you have? Half the boys in the force are bored hearing me talk about him. Lagrosso, Peter Lagrosso, 1612 to 1667. One of the most famous crooked operators in history. Murdered, stole, poisoned, tortured, kidnapped, blackmailed. Mm-hmm. Embezzled from the age of 10 on. Name it and he did it. I know more about him than any professor of history. Probably more than anyone in the world. He hated his father. He had a scar on his thumb received by climbing a wall with broken glass on top of it. He had even... McPherson. Huh? Why is he always on your mind? He's not. Even in your dreams? Well, why shouldn't he be? He's he's my hobby. He's he's my relaxation. He's more than that. All right. He's made me... Well, he's made me a good detective. I know his every thought. I can put myself in his place and figure out what he'd do any time, any place. And it was putting myself in his place that taught me how to outthink those cheap little mugs who commit crimes without brains to get away with it. It was putting yourself in Lagrosso's place that put you here. Oh, Doc, you'd better stay away from that couch. Uh, good technique, McPherson. Nothing like a joke to stop someone from telling the truth, huh? Talk, talk, go ahead. A man can't think like a criminal and behave like a detective. You're a good man trying to think like an evil one. And the conflict will twist your brain in half. Two entirely different halves that fight each other. That's why you had to come here. I was sick. But first, what might have happened before you came here, I don't know. But I do know that under pressure, those two halves might get confused. You might not be able to tell them apart. Oh, yes, I can. Look, Rosso, he speaks with an Italian accent. Ah, ah, that's right, McPherson. And he did. On the couch. Don't go back to the police force, the doc said. Remember, there are things you don't even remember. So you stand as long as you can. Living in a hotel room. Staring out at the empty brick walls of the city. Going down to the hotel lobby and talking to the same people who are just as bored as you are. Reading the same papers every day, even to the advice of the Lovelorn column. And thinking so much of a little ranch you want that you can't stand it anymore. And finally, finally you write to the one man who can make it all possible. And then almost hold your breath till he sends for you. Hello, McPherson. Come in. What's the matter, Chief? 
servant quit while you were away? No, I sent him out. Wanted to talk to you alone. Oh? Well, it was nice of you to see me at your apartment. Was it? Well, wasn't it? That depends. On what? Whether you think that my refusing your request to come back on the force is pleasant. Refusing my re... Well, why? Because I'd like to give you a break, but not at my expense. <laughs> well, you, you're talking in riddles. You better come to the point. I was away when you were mixed up in the steward case. You're forgetting it, ain't you? The steward case? Your mouth is open. Shut it. Look, I, I wasn't on the ball that night. I was sick. My wife dying. The boys must have told you I was framed. Oh, now, that's a new story. I heard different. You were left to guard that jewelry. And I did. Except one of the servants heard some guy with an accent talking in the room with you. I tell you, whoever the guy was must have sat me. Knocked me out. I woke up and my head was splitting. <laughs> yeah. And later, your buddy slipped the stuff to you and we found it where you hid it in your home. Look, Chief, I tell you, I'm clean. Maybe the DA was sucker enough to let you clear on account of your wife and needing dough. But I'm not going to have anyone on the force. Look, I swear I don't know what happened except I didn't do it. Look, please, Bill, give me a break. Just give me one more oh, year. Oh, cut it. Don't weep on my shoulder. Blue third stains. Thanks. I, uh, I suppose you told him this down at the force. No, as a matter of fact, they all expect you to report back. But uh, that isn't the way it's going to be. No. No? That isn't the way it's going to be. I run a police force, not the Salvation Army. And one more thing. What? Cut my throat? Do what you please about that, but stay out of the private eye business. What should I do for a living? Shine shoes? You better not. The way I feel now, I might have my boys run you in. Who do you think you are? Some almighty saying to himself, now I'll wipe a fly off the earth. Make it scum and you're right. Well, I'm no scum and you're no... Ah, get back. You're breathing in my face. Now, get up and get out of here before I Jesus. push you through that wall. You are pushing me. Look closer. Get out. Answer me. Answer me. Get out, you bum. You and your pony accent. I, I don't, don't touch me. Put that gun back, McPherson, or I'll... Uh, one more. One more. <laughs> you're you're kind of accent. That guy in the room, you, you should call me Senor Lagrosso. But now, now she's too late. You want me? Uh, Lieutenant McPherson, I'm glad you're back with us. I guess you heard what happened. No? No, I haven't. I had a splitting headache last night. I don't know what don't know what happened. I was supposed to see the chief, and instead I woke up in my room at 12 sitting in an armchair. You, you were supposed to see the chief? Yeah, sure. Hey, hey, what's the matter? What are you standing me that way for? Oh, I'm sorry, Mac. But the chief... Last night, somebody shot him to death. You what? Hey, that's a crummy joke. No, it's true, Mac. The inspector wants to talk to you about it right away. What for? What for? Why, he's putting you on the case, of course. I'm going to work with you. Oh, uh, my name's Wilson. Yeah? Well, come on, Wilson. We we got a murder to solve.
murder to solve? Well, what are you waiting for, Wilson? Could it be there are several latent suspicions kicking around in your mind regarding Mac? Could it be that you have a vague idea as to his double personality in the frame of schizophrenic and realize somewhat of his strange obsession? And again, the story, or rather, a question of personality, starring Don DeFore. shot and killed his own chief during a strange and violent rage. Afterwards, his mind was that of a blackboard eraser, and he wandered about aimlessly, pondering the warning and lackluster words of a psychiatrist who had talked of that knifeless separation of schizophrenic, split personality, one half good, the other bad. That morning, reporting back to duty, McPherson countered the shock of being assigned to a case of schizophrenic murder. And as he stood once more in the apartment, the red of the murdered man's blood became the hypo to complete the terrible and murderous obsession. Look at this place. They must have been pushing each other around to mess this play up this way. Yeah. Mac, uh, have you looked at the body yet? Yeah, enough to see he still looks as though he had heartburn. But he wasn't a bad guy. It seems funny to... Mac, what's that? Huh? They're in the corner. The badge. Hey, Mac, it's a detective badge. Well, that puts you at the head of the class. 302. Hey. Hey, that's my number. Well, here's the badge. I, I must have dropped it when I was looking around. You weren't in that corner, man. You're crazy, you're crazy. Why? Uh, uh, pardon me, sir, but the policeman outside said you wanted to see me. Oh, yeah. Are you uh, Eddie, the houseboy who found the bunny? Yes, sir. I'll tell you, Wilson. Eddie, tell me. Do you remember hearing anything that might have come from this apartment? Well, well, I was working a party upstairs, so I had to go by the door a couple of times. Yes, sir. Uh, I heard him talking with a man with a with a funny voice. Well, what was funny about the voice? Well, I, I don't know exactly, sir. It was kind of like a like an Italian accent. Oh. oh. Okay, Eddie, you can go, but uh, wait around outside the door, will you? Yes, sir, I'll be around. I work here. So, you almost found me out, Wilson. And it wasn't over. Not by a long shot. I was a murderer. Assigned to reveal his own crime. Still, I had knowingly committed that murder. So why should I be punished for it? I went on pretending to do my job. Looking for the killer everywhere. Or just about everywhere. But day by day, I knew my partner was growing more and more impatient. I knew that pretty soon... He'd start wondering about things. Maybe mention finding my badge to the inspector. I decided there was only one thing to do. 
I went over to see Jocko Martin at his nightclub. Hello, Martin. Hmm? Well, Flatfoot McPherson. You knew you'd be glad to see me. Been quite a while. Has it? I don't miss cops. What do you want, Max? Not much. Just want to give one of your boys some work. Huh? Come out of the closet. You're talking in the dark. Listen, Mug, I made a mistake. And you're going to fix it so I can go on like it didn't happen. Otherwise, well, I know enough to fix it. Oh, no. You're not going to make me jump and squirm. Okay, Marty. But you will when they put a rope around your neck. So long. Hey, hey, wait a minute, Mac. Who's the guy? His name is Wilson. And I can send him any place you say. Okay, Mac. Make it that empty warehouse out on 96th Street at 10 o'clock shop. Wilson? It's me, McPherson. Oh, yeah, Mac. What's up? I'm on to something hot, but it goes in two directions. About the case? What else? Listen, I have a line on someone who had a beef against the chief. Well, what's holding us up? Just that I also got a call from some stoolie. He says to meet him out at that empty warehouse on 96. Two breaks. Oh, that's great, Mac. I can check the guy with the beef while you see the other. Oh, no, 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 no. I think you'd better go to the warehouse. I'll handle the other. Well, whatever you say. Uh, what am I do out there? Ten o'clock, Wilson. Ten o'clock, sharp. Ten o'clock, I said. And at ten o'clock, as the door to that darkness opened, I would be at home with no less than a police inspector as my alibi. Everything was ready. At eight, the inspector was due. But eight o'clock came and no inspector. 8.30 and still he wasn't there. I began to get frantic. I needed somebody with me. Somebody who could swear I was home with Wilson when Wilson got it. I started making calls. Everybody. Everybody I knew. Glenn Hoffman. Bill Mulford. Malone. But my luck was running out. But I couldn't locate a single one of them. And then... And then when I put down the phone in desperation, something happened. Something that seemed like the best thing in the world. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, who's this? Dr. King. I'm down in the lobby. I was just wondering if I could run up and see you for a few minutes. Kane? And uh, Dr. Kane? Yeah. Hey, that's wonderful. Yeah, of course. Come on up. I hope you don't mind my dropping by. I had to come into town for the weekend, so I thought... Mind? You're going to come in a better time. How have you been? Working at anything? Nah, nah. Just kind of taking it easy. Like you said? Good. Glad to hear it. I... Mac, why are you wearing that shoulder holster? <laughs> oh, holster? Well, I guess for, for old time's sake, just a habit. Mac, I'm your doctor. I'm working for you. I'm a doc. I promise you that I was... You're back on the force? On my word of honor, I... Mind if I look at your coat? No, but why? I thought you'd have it. Huh. A badge pinned to your coat. A detective's badge. All right. All right. I'm back in the force. So what about it? Mac, do you remember what I told you could happen under a strain? You've got to quit. <sighs> when I finish one more year... Ah, be sensible. Because if you don't... Look, Doc. Supposing I did start talking with that accent once. I'm not sure. Well, let's say that strain you, you gab about. <laughs> you want to know what had happened? Well, I couldn't say... Almost anything. Anything that 
other personality, that other half of you, would do. Oh, there, there are so many things in psychiatry. Yeah, it, but could it be a, a new pattern of life? Uh, I doubt it. Once the chasm, the, the void between the two personalities is, has been bridged. It, yeah, but why should a man, uh, someone who never... Uh, look, Doc, Doc, I, I don't believe it. It doesn't have to happen again. Well, the other mind has found the path and the bridge has been constructed. It will happen again. Then, eventually, a, a man would crack again. End up in that place of yours with stone wall around it. Yeah. That could happen. Or the other personality could become dominant. The conscious one. Me. McPherson. Not a guy with an Italian accent. I believe that if the other mind was strong enough to subdue yours once or twice, it would do it again and again? Yeah. And I'd spend the rest of my life hunted, hiding, never a second when I'm not looking behind me? Mac, I, I, I don't mean to upset you this way. Nothing's happened. After all, I, I still don't hear any trace of an Italian accent. <laughs> there's, there's no way back. What? I guess I... I wanted that little ranch too much. Mac, there, there must be something wrong. Why not tell me? Doc, what time is it? Huh? Oh, 9.30. Why? Never mind. I'm sorry, Doc. I, I gotta leave. Uh, there's something I gotta do. Mac, where are you going? Mac! Open up. There must be another door. This must be it. Hey! Hey, who's ever in here? You that's supposed to meet Wilson. I'm going to tell you, it's all up. It's all up. Oh! 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 oh. Mac, the ambulance will be here in a minute. Doesn't matter. But you see, kid, that's how it happened. Just a slight case of lead poisoning. Those bullets were meant for me. Yeah. Yeah. But the right guy got them. Mac, why did you rush in that way? Why? Why? I don't know, kid. I guess I... I just didn't want that, that ranch so much after all. You see, I... You see... Mac. Mac. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all... Yeah, Mac. You're all right now. Listening to Obsession. has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.
There's more from Obsession and Relic Radio Thrillers at relicradio.com. You'll find our Shoutcast stream up there as well. Lots to listen to, all made possible by your support. Don't forget to click on that donate button if you're able to help out, and thank you again to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Friday with another episode of Relic Radio Thrillers. Thrillers.